Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hey everybody and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast Episode 12, as we head into the final week of the regular season, I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and I'm joined by, as always, Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. Fisher, how are you? I'm good, and I want to retroactively wish everyone a happy Halloween. Full disclosure, we are recording this on Halloween, but as you hear this, it will be after Halloween, it will be November, and I want to ask you, Mr. Regan, what did you dress up as for Halloween? Well, both of us right now are not dressed in our costumes. No. I pl- no, I plan on not wearing a costume. What are you wearing? You're going wear- to go you- naked? You're not going to wear a costume at all? Yes, absolutely. That'll get you in, in serious trouble. Check the police blotter on uh, Thursday as you're listening to this. What, what will you be wearing tonight? Uh, me and the uh, children and the wifey are dressing up as characters from, uh, what's that movie? Alice in Wonderland. I will oh. be the Mad Hatter. Um, I like that. Uh, I'm not happy. I always want to dress up as either wrestlers or monsters, um, but you can't do that with kids. So um, I'm, I'm going to be the Mad Hatter. Well, let's get right into football then. Yes. (laughs) Leave it right at that. A lot still to be decided. With Week 11, this new FHSAA playoff system that's in its second year has made Week 11 relevant again. Yeah, let's give props to the FHSAA. I was thinking of that as I wandered in. Two years ago, Week 11 was nothing. It was crap because all the playoff games were decided. You had some rivalry games. But this is very interesting. In Collier County, at least, only one of our teams has an automatic berth into the playoffs. District champ is the only way to do that. That means we've got six, seven other teams vying for at-large bids. Now there's really only three or four that that are going to get in. Um, But really interesting. A lot of teams got to win, and a lot of teams have to look at other teams and hope that they lose for them to get a shot at the playoffs. Let's roll through the district champions real quick in Lee and Collier Counties. In Class 7A, you got Riverdale. Mm -hmm. And then in Class 6A, you've got Charlotte, Naples, and Fort Myers. And then you have Dunbar in 5A. And that's it. And that's it. Those are the automatic berths. But let's take today to talk about the teams that are still have work to do, still need to win games to clinch at large, or maybe not even have to win games. It's just very interesting with the residual points with the FHSA. So you, you really can't take anything off the table. So let's get right into it. Baron Collier. I think they're in. They're 7-2. and two. They're ranked second, but obviously they're vying for that fifth seed because they lost Naples, therefore they have an at-large bid. Thoughts? Yeah, I think they're absolutely in. Baron Collier has more points than the district champs, in the, uh, two of them, in their region. Um, and the game they're playing this week is against an undefeated school that you get playoff bonus points for. That's uh, Wachula Hardy. 9-0, so, baby. That's right. So Baron Collier, I mean, even if they lose, they're going to get 38 points. And so much on this depends on we can't predict what other teams do. You know, I can look at point schedules and, and what a team like North Fort Myers has to do. But if teams on your schedule, like, lose this week, then those wins against those teams end up being not as valuable, if that makes sense to you. So a lot of moving parts still. But just trying to figure out the averages. I mean, Baron Collier's in. They would have to drop, like, three points, and, and there's no way they can do that. At most, they drop maybe – Half a point, and they still finish you know, well ahead of other at-large bids. So the Cougars are in. Well, a thing you need to be reminded of in that Class 6A Region 3, in District 6A9, you had Largo, Clearwater, and Boca Ciega finishing right. a three-way tie. And 
the new FHSA point system has done away with tiebreakers, those Monday tiebreakers that we all love. Yeah. It goes to whoever has the most points in the final playoff standings, and Largo is way ahead of Clearwater and Boca Ciega, so it looks like Largo will be that fourth automatic bid. Yeah, and Boca Ciega, I looked up, they're actually done with their regular season. Um, again, some things could happen where Largo loses, Clearwater wins, but I think Largo's going to end up winning that district championship. Now, what you got to look at is Clearwater. Clearwater, Lehigh, Golden Gate are vying for those last couple spots, the at-large bids, and it's going to be close. We think North Fort Myers, who's above them in the rankings, is pretty solidly in. Yeah, they're one point ahead of of Lehigh in sixth place there, and they've, they've got South Fort Myers to end the season. That's not really a great game to end the season points-wise, but you get some bonus points there. Right. I think that should really put North Fort Myers in the mix. Lehigh is the really, really interesting one. They've got Riverdale to end the season, so they're going to get some nice points no matter whether they win or lose. They're currently seventh right now, a point behind North and point one behind Clearwater. It gets tight, but I think Lehigh's in. Yeah, again, as we mentioned, I mean, I don't want to talk numbers too much, but Lehigh's point average right now is 37.88. The team they play is Riverdale, who's undefeated. So even if they lose, you're going to get 35 points. So, yeah, they're set. They can't drop their average enough to get them out of the playoffs. Exactly, but I don't think that Lehigh coach James Chaney is particularly telling his kids that. I think they're probably telling him, you have to win and we're yeah. in. You have to beat your rival. There's no better spot than we're in right now to try to knock off an undefeated team and get in the playoffs. I mean, they've got all the motivation in the world for that Riverdale game, which would be pretty interesting. And that was the idea we talked on earlier that uh, these FHSAA, the new points playoff system, make every game count, not just district games. Before you could take it easy, but now you say, we got to go out there, we got to win every game if we want to get in the playoffs. That's what makes this last week so exciting. With Golden Gate, though, would you probably say they're probably out? Uh, it's going to be hard. What has to happen is they have to win and Clearwater has to lose. Clearwater is playing East Lake, who is like 5-4 and four right now. I don't know much about either one of those teams, but that's basically what has to happen. Some funny things can happen with the other teams. Those two teams have played. But, yeah, it's it's looking dangerous for the Titans, which is sad because, I mean, they've already Very tied sad. the school record for, for wins in a season. And if they win this week, that's going to set a record for wins in a season, and they would still miss the playoffs. It's just part of being in a tough district there with Baron Collier and Naples. And, I mean, I think maybe they'll look towards making a tougher schedule. Yeah, you're right. I mean, some of the teams that they won are not very good, and that's why they are lower in the point standings. Um, A lot of those things are out of your control. A team you may think is good is not good when the season starts. Um, But that's definitely something the Titans need to address in the offseason. Let's move to Class 5A, Region 3. Really, there's only one team to talk about here because Dunbar is already qualified and has a top-four seed. But it's Immokalee. They're they're 5-5. Five and five. They're done with their regular season. They sit in sixth right now, half a point ahead of eighth-place Jefferson and .02 ahead of seventh-place DeSoto County. Uh, I'm sorry. I, who are the district champs in this region? Do you remember? Hardy, Dunbar, and then who, who else? Uh, d- do you remember? I'm, I'm just wondering who, who Immokalee's vying for. Is it those teams right there? Yes, I believe it is, yes. Okay. Um, and again, Mockley's one of those teams that's done with the regular season, so they're in the uh, very stressful position of having to kind of sit around on a Friday night, don't have a game to worry about, and watching. I think they're fine. I think they are too, just because looking at the regions, the, the points variance, but you know, some funny things can happen, and let's put a plug out there, we're not going to know until Sunday morning at 11 a.m. when the FHSAA selection show starts. Um, so again, Saturday is going to be, you know, kind of stressful too for teams just kind of wondering, sitting around and trying to figure out, uh, the math on their own. But Sunday's when that show goes down. And of course we'll have a uh, coverage of it on our websites. 
news-press.com and naplesnews.com. Let's move down to the smaller schools who don't have districts. Class 4A, Region 3. Bishop Verroes sitting pretty playoff-wise. I think they've clinched a home game, but really what they want is that second spot and a first-round bye. They're .2 points ahead of Astronaut right now. Bishop Rose regular season is over, so they're going to be playing the waiting game on Sunday as well. Yep, and they'll be looking Friday night. And basically, again, don't know who Astronaut plays, um, but it's important in this region, in these Class 1A through 4A regions, six teams to make the playoffs. Top two get that first round bye, and also you avoid Coco for a little bit longer. Coco is uh, solidly in the number one spot. Um, so the Vikings, give them credit, man. I mean, they did what they needed to do, and uh, they've got a good amount of points, and I just got to wait and see. And if Bishop Road does somehow slip and fall to hosting a first-round home game, one of those teams they could be hosting is a team they've already played this season, and that's rival LaBelle. Yeah. Seven and 7-2. They sit in fifth place right now, and they're two points ahead of Lake Placid, who's in sixth points and sixth place. And LaBelle's going to get some pretty good points from playing at Moorhaven. Right, and then the seventh team in that region, a, a team we'll touch on in a second, is Oasis. LaBelle's a full three points ahead of Oasis, so I can't see them, even with the loss, falling behind Oasis. So LaBelle's in, I think. Yeah, LaBelle's definitely in. They're going to be going on the road to face somebody, maybe Bivero. And then Oasis, this is another one of those sad stories. We talked about Golden Gate earlier. Oasis starts the season uh, on fire. They played a pretty weak schedule, but still, this is their second season of 11-man football. But they currently sit in seventh place right now. They're .5 points behind Lake Placid, and their season is over. So I think Oasis is out. I agree, but, I mean, it's still some positive things for Oasis. Like you said, only the second year and. They were legit a playoff contender for a while, and they've had some tough losses too. So things to build on definitely out there. Yeah, let's move on to Class 2A, Region 3. That's a couple of Lee County schools. ECS, one of the hottest teams in Southwest Florida right now. They move up to fourth in their their region. They're a point ahead of Cambridge Christian and then two points ahead of Indian Rocks Christian, and they play Keswick Christian this week. I think ECS is in, and I think they're a dangerous team with the amount of points they've been putting up. Yeah, ECS is in. Again, this region only has eight teams. Six of them make the playoffs, and the bottom two are out, which includes uh, Southwest Florida Christian. Um, what's important here is you get that fourth seed, you get a first-round playoff game because you're hosting the fifth seed um, with the f- top two teams getting by. So, as you said, they're hot right now. They're clicking. They're feeling good. And if you get a game at home against one of these teams from Tampa that's got to make a long road trip, I mean, that, that's a big advantage there for the Sentinels. Absolutely. When we talked about SFCA, they're sitting in seventh place right now. They've only won two games this year, but there's only a couple teams in this region. I think SFCA is going to be on the outside looking in come Sunday. Moving on to an interesting region, Class 2A, Region 4. You've got St. John Newman, who's 8-1 and this year, in first place in their region. They're .1 ahead of Miami Christian, and then one point ahead of third place Moorhaven. And they play at SFCA, which should be a win. Yeah, you, you got to assume that's a win. Now the question is, it's so tight. Uh, SFCA only at two and seven, so it's one of those lower tier teams. Is that going to hurt them? I, I think it could, especially considering who Miami Christian plays. I don't know who they play. Don't know who they have played. Um, either way, we think Newman is pretty square set for a first round bye, unless they somehow lose to FS SFCA. That's still hard for me to say. Southwest Florida Christian Academy. I don't I do it I don't all say the time. Those letters enough, and it's tough for me to say. Um, but this is huge for the Celtics. I mean. Last year, we saw it had their best season um, in school history. Went undefeated on the field. On the field. And we'll talk about that later. Um, but yet, they still had to go across the state and play in Hialeah against the eventual state champs. 
if Newman hangs on to this number one seed, they get home playoff games. They get a bye. You could see a, a First Baptist or a Moorhaven in the second round. Two teams they've already beaten. Well, I guess they haven't beaten First Baptist, um, but it's a team that I think they would like their chances against. So Newman, this this is fantastic for them. Absolutely. And then you got First Baptist lurking at, at four and five. They're in sixth place. They're four points ahead of community school, so they're in, correct? Yeah, most definitely in. Again, this region has nine teams. Uh, the bottom three are, are not even close. What, what could be interesting is First Baptist could see Moorhaven in the first round, a team they just lost to by three touchdowns last week. That is not the team that I want to see in the first no, round if no, I'm First Baptist. Moorhaven has been cooking with gas all season long. They're traditionally so, so tough. That'd be a really bad draw for SBA. And this is such a good small school region with Newman on top and Miami Christian, who I don't know much about, but they obviously are the number two seed. But then you got Moorhaven, Glades Day, Champagnat Catholic, First Baptist, four teams that have great uh, pedigrees of, of winning in the playoffs. Yep. Well, you can find out who gets in the playoffs on Sunday. Don't forget to go to news-press.com and naplesnews.com for all your coverage on Sunday afternoon, I believe. And when we come back, we're going to break down some of the bigger games this week. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Well, we are back, and let's look ahead to Week 11, a week with huge things on the line, as we mentioned. These games matter. A lot of teams looking for playoff berths here. So let's break a few down. A lot of exciting ones. One of the games between teams who are not looking to get into the playoffs because they're already in is a matchup of district champions. Fort Myers at 8-1 and one, goes to Dunbar at 5-4. and four. Dunbar has won, what, five of their last six games? Yes, that's correct. And this game is always very interesting because the last two years Dunbar has won this game. But it's served as kind of like a springboard for Fort Myers. Fort Myers has been to the region championship the last two years, and that's come after a regular season-ending loss to Dunbar. So maybe it might be better for Fort Myers if they lose this game, but they're also hmm. playing for something, though. Naples just leapfrogged them right. in, in the latest FHSA PowerPoints rankings. Fort Myers is currently ranked fourth. Naples is third. Baron Collier's going to drop down. They're ranked second, but they're probably going to be the fifth seed. So Fort Myers right now is looking at a three seed, and ahead of them, Naples and Charlotte, and those would be two tough road trips for them in the playoffs. So Well, and you also got Largo creeping up behind Fort Myers in the region standing. So Fort Myers could drop down to the four seed, and I'm going to be honest with you, I would love to see that because it would be Fort Myers versus Baron Collier in the first round of the playoffs, and that would be much more fun than Baron Collier going up to Largo, who I but, don't care about. But would that be better if Fort Myers stayed at the number three seed and played six seed North Fort Myers Ooh. after what happened last year yeah. in the, in the regional semifinals? I mean, Fort Myers is going to have a tough, tough draw no, drum no matter what. So we're going to move on. Riverdale at Lehigh rivalry game. This is my favorite game in Lee County every year, the Battle of the Bell or – as we like to call it here at the office, the I'm going to ring your bell game. <laughs> Is there a better name than that, Adam? It's pretty fun to say. Um, I enjoy that. It's kind of a mouthful, but as I said, fun to say. Uh, Riverdale, chance to complete, am I looking right? They're their first ever undefeated season? Yep. Regular season, at least. And they will be the 16th team from Lee County to complete a undefeated regular season if they can do it but this match has a lot of juice this year you've got lehigh who we've already talked about who wants to solidify their spot in the playoffs they're six and two this year this is the best lehigh team i've seen in quite a while and i think if anyone's capable of knocking off riverdale it could be lehigh at home 
I mean, Lehigh's got the athletes. They've got speed. And they also have size, am I right, to, to kind of match up with Riverdale? Yes, they do. I mean, they've got some big guys up front, and they've got some good skill position players. And another interesting note about Riverdale, I think they're pretty much locked into that fourth seed in the 7A Region 3, which means they're probably going to be hosting Braden River. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but I think that's probably where they're locked in, and I think Braden River will end up as the fifth seed coming out of the as a district runner-up in that region with defending state champion Venice. Well, I also want to point out Lehigh also fighting for playoff position. We think they're squarely in, but not guaranteed. They have a chance to move up past North Fort Myers because North Fort Myers is playing a team that has a losing record in South Fort Myers. So Lehigh, if they win this game, that's humongous because you get so many points for beating an undefeated uh, team, uh, and they could improve their playoff seating as well. And then our last very, very interesting game in Lee County Canterbury at Legacy Charter. Why do you think this is interesting? It is the <laughs> Sunshine State Athletic Conference FCS championship game, which Canterbury's been to the last three years and has lost. Well, I was just going to tell you, I don't think it's interesting at all. Because I think it's very – I mean, if you're playing for any kind of a championship, I think it's interesting, and Canterbury has got to go to Legacy Charter. Where is that? In Ocoee. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a road trip. Uh, they're playing – I don't know if they get rings if they win this one, but is the fourth time a charm is basically the question for them. Well, you know, I'm sure it is. You know, if I had, I'm putting all my chips on Canterbury, and um, I'm also speaking out of my rear end right now because I don't know anything about either team or this game. Well, I'm sure the Cougars appreciate your support. They do. We'll move down to Collier County, and you've got 9-0 and Hardy at 7-2 and Baron Collier. This is a game that I kind of circled earlier in the season because I knew Hardy was going to be really, really good, and I said, this is going to be a great test, a great tune-up game for Baron Collier heading into that brutal Class 6A Region 3 playoffs. Yeah, you're right. Um, and this was part of Mark Jackson's plan last year when these um, the FHSAA Power Rankings first came out where you were awarded points for playing better teams. He went and he built a very strong schedule. Last year they went up to Hardy and lost. Hardy 9-0. It's the second straight season. Baron Collier's played a top-10 team. Last week lost to Naples, ranked 5 in Class 6A. Hardy, I believe, is number 5 in Class 5A. So really tough. And even if they lose, Baron Collier's going to get 38 points, which is going to improve their average or at least keep it static. But it would be big. You don't want to go into the playoffs, especially if you have to go on the road, with two straight losses. I think Baron wants to win this game. Mark Jackson has promised me they will put a better show on than last week when they only scored 9 points at Naples. So it's going to be a slugfest. I look for a real physical battle. And then in Collier County, two teams that probably are on the outside looking in. Gulf Coast is definitely on the outside looking in. They're at Golden Gate, who is having their best season in school history so far, and it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. Well, a lot on the line. I mean, if, if they want to make the playoffs, they absolutely have to win this game. It's at home. Um, I can't think of anything more disappointing than losing, ending the season on a loss at home to Gulf Coast just because they had such high expectations. If they win this game, they finish 7-3. and three. That's a record for most wins in history at Golden Gate. Um, and you have a shot at the playoffs. You could think about the playoffs. If you lose, all that's out the window, and you finish 1-4 and four after starting 5-0. and oh. So big game from the Titans. And also, let's say, big, big stuff on the line for Golf Coast. They're 4-5, and five, chance to finish 500, 5-5. Five I don't think either of us thought that would happen right now with this young team, with a new head coach, a first-time head coach, and Tom Scalise. So this is going to be another fun battle as well. And then two more teams that aren't going to be playing in the playoffs next week. Laley, who's 2-7, and seven, one of the most improved teams, I think, from if you look at the beginning of their season to right now, yeah. I think Laley's playing really well. They play at Palmetto Ridge, who neither of us have really been able to get a handle on. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, they, they beat the Gulf Coast and they lose to other teams. Um, but lately, right now, won two of their last three games. In between, there's a one-point loss to Immokalee. They also had a four-point loss to Dunbar, so they could be a lot better than they are. A lot on the line for Laley. As I was coming in today, I was thinking, you know, about coaching changes, if we'll see any in the offseason. I mean, Laley going back-to-back two and eight seasons, does that put uh, Coach Fritz on the hot seat? I don't know. They love him down there. That, that was going to be my question for you, even before you brought up Coach Fritz. He seems like a guy that, kids will follow yeah I, he's also the basket. he was the basketball coach or still is the basketball coach he was last season yeah I mean I I watched them upset Mariner one year in a district final in basketball those kids on the basketball team love him so I'm assuming that the kids on the football team love him I think it'd be hard to fire a guy that the kids are just you know in love with especially considering the problems they had with their last coach well I agree uh Fritz is Laley through and through he is uh from Haitian community as a lot of those kids are grew up in Laley Manor right next to him so he understands these kids their situation and everything however their last coach um two coaches ago I should say Colmer St. Jean exact same situation a guy from the Haitian community from Laley he got fired however a lot of that was kind of red tape paperwork um Colmer wasn't the best I remember you know doing the administrative things where I think Fritz maybe has a little better handle on that well then they brought in Maurice Belzer who couple of kids they walked out of practice right if yeah it was their all-star uh, Jacquez Carter who uh, ended up winning the Broxton and transferring schools um look Laley is a mess and they've been a mess since as far as just all that other stuff off the field administration parents coaches and that's a topic for another podcast but I th- we'll I th- get into it if th- if Fritz does get fired I, th- I think we all can agree though that football in southwest Florida is better when Laley is good definitely they're one of those marquee programs the second oldest high school uh in naples third oldest in carter county well that's going to wrap it up for this segment when we come back i have an interview with james delgado the head coach of riverdale they're nine and zero, looking to become the 16th team in lee county to go undefeated in the regular season we'll be right back Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. This is Adam Regan with the News Press, and I'm here at Riverdale High School with head coach James Delgado. Of the 9-0 Riverdale Raiders, James, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, James, let's jump right into it. You guys are 9-0. You guys have a chance to be the 16th team from Lee County to ever have an undefeated regular season. How much does something like that mean to this program, the chance to be in a position to go undefeated for the regular season? You know, to go undefeated in the regular season is is a tremendous tremendous undertaking it's something that um not many people can ever say they've done you know the the thought of perfection in the regular season is is pretty neat um I can honestly tell you it's never been a goal of mine to go perfect uh to go you know undefeated in the regular season um you know there's so many important games you have to win to get into the playoffs and and being perfect in the postseason is always ideal that's what matters one week at a time but in the regular season to be in the position we're in to potentially go undefeated it's neat it's a big deal but we're not approaching this week 
with that in mind. We're approaching this week with Lehigh in mind. We're approaching this week with the Battle of the Bell. We're approaching this week with the intention of fixing the things we need to fix to go out and put our best foot forward Friday night. And this is your second year on the job, and you guys showed some flashes last year of you guys possibly being a good team, but I don't think really anybody expected you guys to be 9-0 and at this point. Can you tell us a little bit about how this program has been transformed into arguably the best team in the county? I think, you know, and it really started last year. Our kids last year did a phenomenal job of accepting so many different things, accepting so many different um, challenges, if you will, with a new coaching staff coming in, with new expectations, with new system, all of that. And last year's class did a phenomenal job of adjusting on the fly and and accepting who we are and what we are. Um, you know, moving into this year, I really believe it started at the end of last season um, when we played Lehigh, you know, having played them and, and playing them tough last year and it being such a close game where it was such an emotional win. Um, that definitely propelled us into the off season, and it helped lead up to spring ball. And the way our kids practiced throughout spring ball led to a phenomenal victory over a tough team at Clewiston. And, it, you know, I think it was just refreshing. It was so fun and enjoyable. Our guys were enjoying the way we did things and approaching it with the expectation of this is now how we do things. This is the standard. Um, that carried through the summer. It's carried through fall camp. It's carried through through the regular season and here we are and so it's a great testament to our kids being able to adapt it's a great testament to their athleticism and their abilities and you know it's awesome to see them reap the rewards of all the hard work they've put in since we've gotten here um you know we've done so many things to make it clear you're different you're special you're set apart you've worked harder than anybody and nobody can take that away from you um and we believe that wholeheartedly so i think for us to be nine and zero with the potential of going ten and zero, you know it's special but it's it's a testament to our kids it's a testament to our coaches um their hard work their willingness to just get better one day better every day and it's been fun it's been enjoyable and I, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here and in my opinion the the battle the battle of the bell is the best rivalry in Lee County I don't think it's close actually there's some pretty good ones with what north north Fort Myers south Fort Myers the the directional schools if you if you want to say that but the passion from this rivalry I don't think is unmatched. What did you know about it before you got here, and how has your opinion of it changed? I mean, I heard a lot about the importance of it, um, but even in hearing about it before I got here or leading up to it last year, I didn't quite understand the significance of it. Playing in it last year, coaching in it, um, experience of victory in it, it, like I said earlier, it propelled us into the off season. Um, and it's something that our kids took tremendous pride in. To see our seniors last year just emotionally jubilated after the win and being able to celebrate that on our home field as they it was their last game. Some of them, it was the last game they ever played. And so they remembered what it was like to lose the bell as underclassmen and then to be able to finish their senior year the right way and get it back. It was amazing. I mean, it was so special for our kids, special for our program. It definitely was a great way to to indoctrinate me into what the battle of the bell is. And going into it this year, 
there's no difference. I think the excitement is there. The fact that all of our players know each other, the fact that so many of them grew up together, played football in the youth leagues together, but there's definite bragging rights there. And beyond that, you know, it's a deal where I know Coach Shaney pretty well now that I've been here a little while and I respect him. I believe he respects us as well. And I think that it's one of those deals where it should be a great testament to a great rivalry, a great game, a great opportunity to finish the regular season. And hopefully it'll be a packed house. Hopefully it'll be a great time. Well, this year it's taken on even more of a special feel to it. Obviously you guys are going for an undefeated regular season. Lehigh their work might not yet be done to get into the playoffs. They're having a great season, but it's still up in the air whether they'll get in. But a win over you guys, that puts them in, no question. How are your guys approaching it with so many other things being on the line in this game? I can honestly say, I, you know, I haven't looked at the points in their in their district or in their classification to see how this has playoff implications for them. I've heard that, but it, it makes no difference to our kids. Our focus is us. We focus on being the best we can be. We focus on doing what we need to do in order to go out and put our best product on the field come Friday. And the only way we do that is preparing Monday through Thursday. So all of those outside factors, they're great for everyone else. For us, what we need to focus on is us. We need to focus on our technique, our, our responsibilities, our assignments, and everything else will take care of itself. That being said, on the field against a team like Lehigh, who's so big, and then they had, then on top of that, they have so much talent at the skill positions. What do you guys need to do to be successful against a team like that who might be one of the toughest teams you will have faced this season? We have to be sound. You know, in every phase of the game, they're so explosive. Um, they have the ability of making big plays at any time, whether it's in special teams or when they're on offense or having a huge turnover when they're on defense. You look at them throughout the season and, and the games they've played, they've played them all tough. They've played them all with great big-time plays made. And you're right. I think it's one of the toughest teams we will see throughout the regular season and who knows, maybe beyond. I think they're a playoff caliber team. I think that they have the athleticism to match up with anybody. And so we better be sound. We better be on point. You know, we talk about the best way to win a game is not to lose it. We better protect the rock. We better handle our business. We better line up and, and go play the game the way it's meant to be played. Well, again, I'm here with James Delgado. And James, we appreciate you joining us on the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And we wish you good luck in the Battle of the Bell this week. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you guys. Don't forget to come back to news-press.com on Friday night to find out whether Riverdale completed their undefeated regular season, becoming the 16th team in Lake County to do so. We'll be right back with our question segment. After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. All right, we are back with the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, joined by Adam Regan of the News Press. And it is quite apropos that we spoke to Coach James Delgado of Riverdale because they have a chance to finish undefeated. And our question this week, we're going to take a deep dive on just one question from our friend Alex Martin on Twitter. says, 
When was the last time a team went 10-0 in the Southwest Florida area? And the answer is Immokalee last year. So that'll do it for this week's segment. Alex, you were not paying attention last year. Yeah, I almost wanted to respond to him right on Twitter and be like, uh, it was last year, dude. Um, however, let's let's just talk about undefeated teams in Southwest Florida. We have had a lot, although it is kind of rare um, when you talk about just how many teams we have, how many seasons they've played. So I'm going to give you all the credit, Mr. Regan. You put this together, and I think you got help from our colleague, Dan DeLuca. But talk about what we got in front of us and the research you did and what you found. Well, from what I found, in Lee and Collier Counties, 26 teams have gone undefeated during the regular season, and we already spoke about Immokalee. Well, last year, there were questionably <laughs> two teams other than Immokalee that went undefeated. You have North Fort Myers, who went 8-0 because they missed a couple games due to Hurricane Irma. And then Adam and I disagree on whether we should count St. John Newman as one of those teams to finish undefeated because St. John Newman had to forfeit all of their games? No, or, no, only five. Five of their games they because... They went 9-0 and forfeited five, so they finished 4-6, and six, I believe, including the playoff loss. Yeah. So, um, yes, and everyone on Twitter loves to point that out. Everyone that attends a small school in Naples that is not St. John Newman <laughs> loves to point out that they did have to uh, forfeit some games for using an ineligible player. Again, different topic for a different time. I count it. They did go 9-0 and on the field, um, and last year, Immokalee went 10-0. and That was their third undefeated regular season. Surprisingly, the the year last time they did it was 2006, the year that they also had to forfeit some games for not using an ineligible player. Actually, it was the year after 2005. They were found to have used ineligible players. They were banned from the playoffs the following year. Immokalee went 10 and 0 that year. I've heard from people that that might have been the best team ever in Southwest Florida, um, but didn't make the playoffs. And then they went undefeated in 2000, but lost in the playoffs. Immokalee, of course, does have a state championship in 2004, but they did not go undefeated that regular season. And in Lee County, you've got Fort Myers, 1992, 1999, 2000, 2005, and then who could forget 2014, where they lost to Eastlake in the regional final. You got Bishop Verro did it in 1974, Cape Coral, 1993, 2009. You got ECS in 2011. I was going to ask, that 2014 Fort Myers team, was that the one they beat Naples? Or was that, that was 2016, wasn't No, that it? was 2016, yes. So who did, what, what uh, class were they in in 2014? Who did they beat in the playoffs? I'm just saying, they, they would have had to go through Naples, right? Like, what, what was the situation there? I, I didn't really do a deep dive into their God, schedule. Regan, and that was right on. before I got here, but uh, they did lose to Eastlake in the regional final. And who could forget the ECS team that went undefeated in 2011? And then, can't forget about LaBelle. 1995 was a pretty special season for the Cowboys. And you got North Fort Myers, 1973, 1994, 2017. And then you got 2010 South Fort Myers Wolfpack, who went undefeated during the regular season and made a pretty special run. With uh, Sammy Watkins, current uh, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. And Collier County, not as many, but not as many schools, not as many seasons have been played. I mentioned a Mockley. First Baptist in 2012, that was one of my favorite teams to cover. That was such a fun story because they didn't start football until 2009, went like 3-5, and five, kind of playing that, uh, you know, only a handful of games against smaller teams. All of a sudden, in their fourth season, their first ever four-year class, all these four-year seniors who started this program together as freshmen, they go undefeated. They made it to the state semifinals, uh, which is pretty rare around here, even though it was in 2A, so they only had to win one fewer playoff game. Um, and then Naples has done it, it looks like, five times. 1982, a fantastic year, 2004, 2007, 2010, 2012, and the only team to ever go undefeated for an entire season in Southwest Florida, Naples High School in 2007. 
when they won the state championship. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I bet some teams probably went undefeated and just didn't play playoff games or something like that back in the 40s or 60s or something. Um, so, yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of good teams on there. Well, also, 1989 was a pretty special year, no? When Baron Collier went undefeated during the regular season? Uh, I don't – who's Baron Collier? Is that a high school we cover? Oh, jeez. Sorry, my brain's not in it today. I missed that one. Yes, 1989. I mentioned 82 because it was a good year to, to be born. Um, well, I was born in 1984, and a year before that, Cypress Lake went undefeated during the regular season. I didn't want to forget them. I read through the list and completely forgot about the Panthers. Special season for those Panthers. I uh, wonder what those guys are doing right now. I believe um, Baron Collier in 89, that was the senior year of one Terry Dean, who went on to uh, famously spar with uh, Steve Spurrier as a Heisman candidate at the University of Florida. He is now, uh, his son is the quarterback at First Baptist. Brady. Brady Dean, his son Tyler Dean was the quarterback at First Baptist uh, a few years before that. Um, I don't know, anything else to stand out on here? A lot, a lot of fun fun teams to look at and look uh, back on? Yeah, I'm sure we kind of went into the Wayback Machine and probably distance ourselves from half of our audience yeah, so you're probably right, that, that weren't that weren't alive during some of these like, times i look back on these games I'm, I'm reminiscing on 2010 naples and southport myers both finished undefeated they played in the playoffs the first time these two uh heavyweight programs have ever played and i bet half our audience has no idea about that like they were like probably 10 when when that happened exactly exactly well that's going to do it for our question and answer segment and if you have a question a playoff question next week for us don't forget to hit us up on twitter i'm at np underscore adam regan And I'm at NDN underscore Adam. And when we come back, we do our pick segment that's getting closer and closer and closer. The walls are coming in on Adam Fisher. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone. Or download our apps. And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And this has become my favorite segment because <laughs> the, picks, the picks are going my way. Right. So... We've picked exactly 100 games, and Adam Fisher is 75 and 25. That's an even 75%. I didn't even need a calculator for yeah, that nice. one. Yeah, nice. And then I've gone 74 and 26, and that's 74%. I am one game behind you, and we've got a lot of playoff games left to go. We've got this week 11, so let's jump right into the week 11 picks. Let's do it. Let's, let me say it first. I may have uh, you know sprinted a little too early in this distance race. I didn't realize it was a marathon. I had a six-game lead not too long ago, and just I've been faltering and dropping games every single week for the past three, four weeks. So the pressure is on me uh, this week. i, I got to pick some good ones. First game in Lee County, City Rivalry. Fort Myers at Dunbar. Who you got? You know, I think Dunbar, I'm sorry, I think Fort Myers is the uh, more talented team. I do like what Dunbar has done lately. They've looked better, like they've put some things together. Won four out of five, I believe it is. Um, but Fort Myers, eight and one, still rolling. And again, a lot to play for. They're playing for that seeding. I guess Dunbar is too, but Fort Myers is the better team. I will take Fort Myers. Dunbar's been averaging 39 points a game their last three games, and they've won the last two games in this rivalry. Still, I'm going to take the green wave on the road. The I'm going to ring your bell game, Riverdale at Lehigh. Will we defer on this game? Uh, you mean will we differ? I think defer would be passing, but, uh, you know, that's semantics. 
I like Riverdale, of course. I mean, you can't pick against an undefeated team, even though they are on the road. Lehigh continues to surprise us. Not surprise us, but maybe me. I've talked smacked about them all season. I didn't think they were legit. Real shot to, to, to jump up in the playoff rankings if they get a win, but I still got to go with Riverdale to finish out this magical regular season. This was a one-point game last year. Riverdale really jump-started their 2018 season. That was the point where I think it really started. I'm going to go Riverdale to finish off. The undefeated season, I don't really see how Lehigh is going to beat them this year. I mean, Lehigh has been very talented up front, and they've got some good skill players, but I think Riverdale is just very, very efficient on offense and defense. Down to Collier County, 9-0 Hardy at Barron Collier. What do you think? Barron did not look great last week. Uh, they scored a touchdown on their first drive and had three points the rest of the, the rest of the three and a half quarters. However, they were playing against possibly a historically good defense in Naples. Um, you know, Naples is giving up their defensive coordinator, Sam Dollar, told me one yard per rush, which would be a school record, better than that 2007 defense we talked about earlier. So I don't think Barron Collier is going to struggle that much as they did against Naples, against Hardy. Hardy, a very, very good program, but Barron's at home. They're fired up. They want to show they're a better team than last week. They want to get some juice going into the playoffs. I think it's going to be close. Could go either way, but I will take the Cougars. I'm going to take the Cougars, too. I was very tempted to take Hardy, but I will go with the home team when it comes down to who I think are two equal teams. So give me the Cougars. Staying in Collier County, Gulf Coast at Golden Gate. I think this is an interesting one. I think this one could go either way. Yeah, you mentioned it. A lot, both teams playing for a lot, playing for pride possibly. Um, but Golden Gate at home, a chance to win the most games ever in one season for the Titans, and it could be the last game ever in a Titans uniform for Washington State commit Javinsley Bazile. Jay Harrard will be there on the sidelines. He's another talented senior they got. I just got to think they come out just so fired up and jacked up, and, and they get this done. I'm going to go Titans. I agree with you on this one. Again, we're in agreement quite a bit. So far, I think Gulf Coast, I think they've lost a little bit of steam. And I think Golden Gate, despite basically I think they're going to be shut out of the playoffs, I think that they're going to want to finish strong this season and leave it up to the – well, not the selection committee, but to the PowerPoints on Sunday. Don't give them any reason for their not to have hope on Sunday. So I think they're going to win that game. Laley at Palmetto Ridge. Laley doing pretty well the last couple weeks. Palmetto Ridge, Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, it's really tough for me to pick. You know, I, I think Laley might have more speed and probably the better individuals. But I think Palmetto Ridge might be the better team and overall talent. Gosh, tough. I guess I'm going to take Palmetto Ridge. I just think uh, they're the better team. And Mr. Regan is not happy with me. Should I switch just so we can be different? No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't. When I win this at the end of the season, I don't want there to be any question. I'm going to take Palmetto Ridge as well. I do respect the way Laley has been playing lately. But I think, again, two equal teams, I'm going to take the home team. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that. Sunrise Piper at Naples. This should be an easy one. Let's say this is not a gimme game for Naples. Sunrise Piper, an 8A team coming in at 6-3. and three. They lost 70 to nothing at Naples last year. But as we know, these uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area teams, they basically have entire roster changes from year to year. So pretty good team coming in. However, the way Naples is playing and as nasty as that defense is looking, I'm going to take the Naples in a, a close one and pretty low-scoring game. I'll take Naples. I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game at all. I think Naples is going to go off and win this one pretty Another big. 70 to nothing win like last year? No, 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 no. Not, not 70 to nothing, but I think 
it'll be a blowout. Okay. LaBelle at Moorhaven. LaBelle having its best season in quite a while, and Moorhaven just doing more of the same. This is what Moorhaven does. They win ball games. I think this is the toughest game to pick this week, for me at least. Um, Moorhaven, yeah, playing very well. LaBelle playing very well. It's at Moorhaven. LaBelle's the bigger school. Um, but, again, that's, that's a road trip out there. Moorhaven, a tough place to play. And I'm just talking because I cannot pick someone right now. Uh, I think I want to go LaBelle. I'm going to go Moorhaven. Yeah, there we I, go. I'm kind of glad you took LaBelle. I think Moorhaven's going to dominate this game. Ooh, dominate. Yeah, LaBelle, they're in the playoffs. I don't think they can really do much more than they've done this season. And Moorhaven, I think that they might go pretty far in that Class 2A Region 4 playoff. Yeah. North Fort Myers at South Fort Myers. This game is back after a two-year hiatus because they fought during oh, the that's uh, right. kickoff classic game. game. The Andre Polk, Zaquandre White square off. Uh, there's video of it somewhere out there. They had, took a two-year hiatus after that, and they're back, and it's not as good a game as we thought it was going to be. North Fort Myers firmly implanted in the playoffs, and South Fort Myers having their worst season in school history. In school history, yeah. At least since the, the very first season in 2005. Question is, is this Brian Kahn's last game as a head coach of the Wolfpack? I actually have the answer to that question because I spoke to Principal Ed Matthews of South Fort Myers High School and Brian Kahn of South Fort Myers. Brian Kahn says that obviously he's there, and Ed Matthews said he stopped short of saying that Brian Kahn can be there as long as he wants to okay. be there. But he said Brian Kahn will be the head football coach at South Fort Myers this year. And next year. Okay, fantastic. Well, either way, they're going to lose this game. I got North Fort Myers. Yeah, this is a, a tough season for South Fort Myers. They're building. They've got young kids. They had a lot of seniors last year. So I'm going to give Brian Kahn a pass and his staff. I think that they'll be back stronger next year. Mariner at Cape Coral, the black and blue bowl. Is that what that's called? Yeah, it's a, okay. it's a pretty good rivalry game, I think. Who you got in this one? Man, Cape uh, has just kind of dropped off a cliff. I don't know the situation on any of those injured players. Um, Parker Odell, the quarterback of Cape Coral, will be back this week. Mm. Well, you know what? I'll just I'll take Mariner. I like Rashawn Hunter, and I uh, think, think he can do some things. Mariner has struggled in this rivalry over the last decade plus, but I've got them getting their third win in the last 14 years over Cape Coral. And then finally, the big one. <laughs> The one we're all waiting for, the Super Bowl. Hey, I want to. I want to know how. The, I want to know how this one shakes out up in Nicoe. The Sunshine State Athletic Conference FCS Championship Game. Does Canterbury break their three-year curse of losing in this game? Can they beat Legacy Charter? Listen, man, you cannot beat Legacy Charter. You don't get, go into Okoe and steal a win. They're called Legacy Charter for a reason. They've got a legacy, and I'm taking them to win at home. I am taking them to win it as well. Oh. Canterbury, Canterbury has struggled in this game every single year, and I think Legacy Charter is just the better team in this one. They're 7-2 and two this season. Give me Legacy Charter. So if you're keeping track at home, and if you care, which you probably don't, only one game difference between us this week. So keep an eye on LaBelle at Moorhaven. That's going to be the game that decides if we're tied next week, if that's Regan and I picking, or if I will have a two-game lead. So keep an eye out. And that'll do it for the 12th episode of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Don't forget to go to news-press.com and naplesnews.com on Friday night after the games for highlights, analysis, photo galleries, everything. You, 
basically we're one-stop shops for high school football Everything coverage. Everything you can need. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.